Welcome to the Thinking Big Podcast. Today, join me as I chat with Chris Sherwin, an amazing individual who has earned his MA and BSBA in just three and a half years and his MBA in just two years, while also serving 20 years as a police officer and running his own private security company. Tune in to this episode and learn how you can fulfill all of your goals and dreams in life with the right mindset. Welcome to the Thinking Big Podcast with Sean Osborne, the show helping you think bigger into your life and potential. Sean believes by equipping you with the tools, strategies, and philosophies required to be successful in all aspects of your life, you can achieve anything you believe in. Empowering our own growth makes a deeply positive and lasting impact on our lives, community, and our world. Now, here's Sean. Well, Thinking Big, I want to welcome Chris Sherwin to the podcast. And you've got some interesting, <laughs> some interesting uh, background that I, that I really want to dive into because uh, you've done some stuff that uh, not many people would do, and and I kind of right. want to dive into that a little bit. One, you know, you were you were a controller for a big company, a thirty million dollar company, mm-hmm. and you made the switch to be. For me, one of the hardest jobs in the country, and that's to be a police officer. What happened? Why did you? What made you do that? <laughs> well, I, I I always wanted to be a policeman when I was growing up. I I come from a family of policemen, um, and basically, what happened is I went to school. I got um, my bachelor's in economics and my bachelor's in business. Uh, so I had two two minor, two bachelor's degrees, and then I went to get, get my master's right away. And I just came from this background, you know, we're, you know, the Polish heritage, like you just go out you get a job and you work, you work hard and, you know, uh, you know, dreams, what dreams, what are, what are dreams? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> just, you know, take care of your family, you know, put a couple shekels away and, you know, retire when you're 65 with whatever you have and stuff like that, you know, buy some property or whatever. So I just kind of followed that path and I got lucky where, you know, I started uh, in my financial career and I just had people kind of like word of mouth and I just kept getting better, better jobs until finally I ended up as a CFO of a wholesaler in Chicago. And I mean, it was a good job. The people were good. It was a good job. Uh, I was getting paid well. Um, Probably most likely the next 10 years, I would have been, you know, the president of the company, you know, at a very young age in my, in my mid thirties. But one day we had a domestic in the (coughs) office and the cop showed up and they just they was they handled it so professional and the female who was uh, who was battered uh, was so they just took so I can't tell you the amount of care that they gave and empathy and I'm like okay this is what I'm gonna do so I went home and told my wife and she's like okay that's fine but you know we got a baby on the way and I'm not gonna work we always talked about me being a stay-at-home mom so I'm not gonna work I said okay so thank God I was financially you know I took you know I put my pennies away and stuff. So when I got out of finance to go to the police department, the only thing I had left was my mortgage because my first year salary was my last year's bonus <laughs> from one job to the other. Yep. So, um, so then I, you know, I got in the police department, met some really, really good friends. And like most policemen, you know, I wanted my wife to stay home and she wanted to stay home. But like most policemen, we had to work some part-time jobs. And I started working security and executive protection, you know, some private investigation and kind of seeing, you know, the way that that business was, you know, that was run by, by certain people. I'm like, you know, I could do this better, cheaper and, and produce a, a better product. So what I did is my business model was basically 
instead of making 10 to $12 per hour for a guard, I made five to seven. And I had that client for 15 years instead of four or five where they were always looking for people. So I provided them good service and I, um, I gave it to them at a better price with better service and I was always interactive with them. I was with them, talking to them, you know, being in touch, making sure that they, they got the product they, that, they, that they deserved. And I got, you know, I worked hard at it and, you know, I went out and kissed babies and shook hands and, you know, I got, uh, I, I, I got some, I got some good accounts and so far, you know, it, it's been great. And that's allowed me to try some other things that, you know, I've obviously failed at some stuff, um, you know, but that's what entrepreneurs do. But I always try. I always try something new, and I just I'm lucky enough to have the business background and the business where I could kind of fund it too. And you know, the losses are the losses. But I, you know, I just make sure I can survive when I'm done. I think that's probably one of the hardest decisions that people have to make going from a career, going from you know a, a good paycheck, going into your own side gig when you are actually when you you know, went into being an officer. That's a big decision to mm. give up you know, that, that certainty to give up that, uh, you know, that bonus <laughs> that, right, that you right. had. I mean, that, right. that's a, that's a hard decision to do. And, and a lot of people, they can't make that decision. It's like, that's, that, that is a scary thing to many people. So yeah. it is. I mean, it's one of the things, especially, you know, I had, um, had a, had a new house, baby was on the way. Uh, had to buy a new car because my car, you know, my wife's car blew up and stuff like that. So it was basically, I was, I was there and I'm, and I, I just thought, you know what, I'm here. I could go get another job if I have to, whatever I need, but I had to burn the boats. Yeah. I jumped on the island and I burned the boats because <laughs> if I would have given myself that one exit saying, Hey, you know what, give this up, go over there, you know, make, you know, $250,000 a year. I probably would have done it, but yep. I just decided I burned the boats yeah. and, and, and I went for it. You, you've got to burn the boats. That's, the, that's the biggest yeah. thing. It, it, just, I think is it, it's built into our DNA. If we have just a little bit of wiggle room, I think most yeah, of us will absolutely. go back. <laughs> yeah. We, we yeah. will do that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I would have been, resistance. yeah, my wife would have, I would have been on the battered list of, of an officer <laughs> having to come with. <laughs> that, that's the risk you had to take. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it, is, and it is the risk you guys to take. And I just, you know, when, and, and that was the thing when you're talking to, you know, your partner or significant other or your parents or whatever, um, that's the thing. You just have to reassure them, like, the worst case scenario, worst case scenario, I lose everything and I start over with a job that I, I'm, I'm not really super happy about, but I can do and that I'm good at, and life will go on. Yeah. Life will go on the way, you know, People, some people should consider it normal, um, but you know, but I don't. And then the more I've got into this entrepreneurial thing and everything, um, when a, what used to be a what used to be a luxury has now become a necessity. Yeah. So I kind of like fo- change my focus to where people are like, well, you know, if you try this and it fails, and or if you lose everything, you can start over. I'm like. Uh, no, I, that, that's, that's not an option because I, I, I like to, I don't have to worry about paying, you know, the gas. I remember we were kids. My dad would back in the day, if you didn't sign a check, they wouldn't cash it. So my dad would send the electric bill in and send the gas bill in without a signature. And they call and they say, Hey, Mr. Sherwin, you forgot. To, oh my God, really? So could you send that back? So, you know, we got 10 days, you know, we, we got 10 days floating, you know, my dad's checking account. So I just don't, I, I just, I, I I've come to where I'm comfortable, where I'm putting money away from retirement. I'm trying to do things in business. 
you know, I, I'm taking care of my family and I don't want to go back to having to worry about that. Yeah. So that's where I, that's where I just burn the boats. And, and that to me is not an option, but that is a huge, huge step, especially when you come from, I mean, my whole family's Polish and you know, they, they were hands on and they, you know, they owned stores, they were milkmen, they worked at the airlines, they, whatever they needed to do to make, to make some pennies. And they bought an apartment building. It, it was when you come from a history of that and you're, you know, you're like breaking the mold. It's like, you know, the, you know, it's like your first one to get divorced in your family, you know, what, for the past hundred years, you know, um, it's, it's really, it, it, it's really the, 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 the you got to jump off the side it, and yeah. it's the hardest thing ever. Yeah. Now, I wanted to talk a little bit about you being a police officer because I think that is probably one of the mo- the hardest and most underrated things, servants, that someone can do. I mean, I I mean, from the outside, I look at it, I'm like, God, that job seems to be getting harder and harder. There, mm-hmm. We seem to be more and more polarized in this country. And it's like, God, that's that has got to be just the hardest thing to do. It's a it's an uphill battle. And you know, when I started this, it, you know, it was the pendulum was kind of like in the middle and, you know, we were kind of getting along with civilians and, you know, people were being prosecuted for crimes. And then we had 9-11, which was the biggest push where people came together and supported yeah. the police and supported the fire. And then over the years, you know, what happened, there was a lot, a lot of things that were coming out where then you had Ferguson and George Floyd and all this, all this other stuff where it just drove a wedge between police and civilians. And what happens, what happened all over time is that there was just a, and I don't, I don't want to, you know, sit here and say false media or whatever, but I, there was just, however people were getting their, their, their content or their news, there was a lot of false things being put out. I mean, it just, and I think the other thing was is the fact that when things were being put out, they some people just didn't want to hear the truth because let, let's just face it, the bottom line is there's bad people in the world. Yeah, and there were some people that you know that were involved in these things that did bad things. And you look at Ferguson. Uh, okay, Michael Brown was wrong. Michael Brown was wrong. Well, then you look at George Floyd. Okay. The cop was was convicted of murder as he should have been, and that was one of the weirdest things about yeah. all these all these riots and show all these riots. Like for months, Chicago's burning, yeah. you know, LA's burning. And one day we're standing out there. It was probably like the second month, and I was I was probably with I don't know fifteen hundred cops, and everybody agreed. Everybody agreed what the cop did was wrong, and he deserved to go to jail. And one of the, we, we were standing out there one night, and we're like, do these People that are rioting and hate us realize that we're on their side. Yeah, I mean, we we like, and that was the narrative. The, the narrative at the time was just yeah. like you, you have to be divided. And ultimately, you know, after the second month, we're like, well, we're not divided. We we agree. Now, do, is, does there have to be some reform? Does there have to be some stuff? Absolutely, better training. Um, people have to understand where we come from. We have to understand where they come from, and. I just think the 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 more that 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 was going, I'm like, we are really all on the same side. So we all want we all want the same thing. So that's when I started the podcast, the Three Cops Talk, where we can have a people could understand where we come from, and we have people on so we could understand where they came from, and 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 we learn stuff every day, whether it's cultural, um, whether it's um, just uh, empathy for people. 
you know, some people don't have choices, you know, and then there's some people that do. So we just wanted to get, we, we wanted to start pushing the narrative out there of we aren't always right. And if you listen to podcasts, we, we're, we're the first ones to admit when cops do something wrong or whatever, it's wrong. I think that's such a big thing. It's, and it's like, I grew up in a time where I was taught that you respect the, a police officer. I, to this day, if I, I got pulled over for speeding, you know, a month or two ago, my hands are on the wheel. It's yeah. like, yes, sir. No, sir. Not because... I'm afraid not because for me it's, it's respect. And it's, I know that that officer, he doesn't know what he's coming up to. You could be, right. he could be coming up to a car that someone's got a gun. It's like, of course he's going to be protective. Of course he's going to be like that. And it's like, I just don't. And I just don't get it. It's like, I teach my kids. It's like, be respectful. I don't care if you're in the right, the wrong, it does not matter. You just, right. yes, sir. <laughs> yes, ma'am. Yeah. Here's, here's my license. Yeah. It's like their their job. They have got a very hard job when they're doing that. It's like, man. Well, we just, talk about that because that's where most that's where a lot of coppers get killed is on traffic stops. Yeah, and that from from leaving my squad to approaching you, that's 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 the longest mile ever. And you know, you're just trying to do so many different things. And and I I have no problem when people ask me. You know, I always tell people. You know, whenever I meet them, comply and complain later. And I have no problem with people asking me, you know, uh, what, you know, why, why are you so hard when you come out or, you know, and, and I tell them, I'm like, look at it. it. It's all, it's all based on that's where most police officers gets killed. Then my attitude will change as soon as I see how you're going to play it. Yeah. And if you're like, yeah, all right, I was speeding. Okay. Then we got, then no, then most likely you're going to get a warning and be on your way and, 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 and we're done. And, People just have to realize that, you know, that, and you just can't come out like, well, you pulled me over because of this, or you pulled me over because of that. And I'm like, you know, no offense, but, you know, we have a lot, a lot of things to do except really, you know, pulling you over for speeding right now, you know? And when people, like, you have complaints now, that's what the body cams, I never, I don't have problems with body cameras or whatever, you know, they're like, oh, the bosses are like, hey, why don't you come in, we'll take a look at it. And then they watch it, and they're like, mm, Yeah. Maybe, you know, maybe I won't follow through on that complaint or whatever, you know, <laughs> um, but I mean, people are, it's just, it's so, because everybody gets caught up in the moment, you know, you know, people get heated or whatever. And, and, you know, 99% of the time they're mad because they're getting a ticket or they're, you know, they're having a bad day or whatever. And that's what I try and tell them. I'm like, listen, you call, when you call us, that is the worst day of your life. Yeah. There is something going on that is not really good. That's why we're here, yeah. and that's why during this, during during these you know podcasts and stuff, we, you know we try and talk about police need, need, needing more empathy. I mean, they have to be protected. They have to protect themselves. They have to protect you. So, but people have to understand that it, it will it will calm down. But you got to remember, we're here, and everything's so tense right now. So we're tense. We're on guard. Yeah. As soon as kind of everything calms down, you know, so will we. Yeah. You know, but you ha but you have to realize that when we go to a place, the things we are going through are, are minor. People are want to kill me. It's not that it, well. They may not have whole milk over here. Okay, so I have to go yeah. someplace else. You know, it's between now and when I get back on my score. Somebody wants to kill me, and yeah. that's a big pill to swallow. Yeah, and and and, you, and the thing is, I think you have to live with that all the time. So you don't know when you're going to do anything that someone's they're, they're you get shot at. You get you know there's things that happen to you that we don't. It's like right. you, you got to understand that they're <laughs> you're there right. protecting yourselves. Yeah. Now right. you mentioned and, earlier about your entrepreneur stuff, and I'm I'm very interested in that. 
And obviously you have the entrepreneurial spirit because you, you, know, right. you went over into being a police officer and you started doing your side jobs, which you know most officers do. It's unfortunate that, that, that you see that they have to do that, but that's a whole nother, whole nother story. Right. You know, I think we completely underpay our teachers, our police, our many areas. So you have to go do that. But I like what you said that you started seeing how you could do it better. And I think that is that is the core to being an entrepreneur is you you see a problem or you see something that's happening. It's like, you know what, I could do that better than they can. And not everyone has that, you know, has that mindset of, of being able to do that. So what what kind of things did you look at when you, you know, started doing these side jobs and said, you know what, I'm gonna I'm gonna kinda do my own thing and start doing these other services and, and run my own company? Because that's a whole separate thing. Yeah, well, I mean, I just saw stuff like for me, and you know, and I have a I have a very solid work ethic. So I saw people being paid for sitting at the bar or sitting at a desk, um, looking on their phone, playing, you know, Candy Crush or whatever. And you know, when we would do executive protection work, I saw guys not really paying attention to the crowd, whether it was what we called it a soft threat. Um, you know, some guy had, or some 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 guy or girl had an inkling somebody was after him, or some guy or some girl just wanted to showboat, you know, and wanted a couple bodyguards to an actual threat where they got a letter, they got a video, they got, you know, there there was something there it was a hard threat, and I just just saw guys just being paid a lot of money for not doing, you know, for not doing what what they're being paid to do. So what I did is I kind of saw that and I saw what they were paying. And I saw that there was a lot of over, a lot of companies are they were overturning security because they weren't happy with the with with the with what they were paying and the, and what they were getting. On top of the fact that there was no relationship, there was right. no like no field supervisor would come in and you know say hi or check in or make a quick phone call. So I saw all that stuff kind of happening, and then I'm like, well, you know, I know how to do this. I'm good at it, and I think people get stuck where they think. Well, there's fifteen. There's fifty other companies doing it, you know. Or, or right. it, it, you don't have to invent something. Like when, you, when you watch Shark Tank all the time, a lot of that stuff is, you know, oh, I invented this or whatever, which is which is great. Um, if you if you have that or you see that or you can do that, but if you just want to do something on your own, just whatever you're good at, I'm sure there's a way or something that you've seen that you could do it better. I don't even say cheaper, but I mean, I was lucky enough where I could, I, I could do it cheaper and everybody was getting, making a good, good living at it. Uh, but you can do it better and you could kind of have, and you, and you have your own thing. I just don't think, you just don't have to think of, well, oh, that's been thought of already or, you know, right. uh, the widget's been invented. Well, make a widget with a, you know, a double-edged razor or something. I, you know, it's just, if, if it's there and you see it, I mean, take off with it. That's what Amazon did. <laughs> yep. look, look at that they guy. just made it easy you know they they, they yep. automated a process so yep. i think that's you don't have to leave your house yeah i think that's fantastic and i really like so how how much do you because obviously you're still an officer uh mm -hmm. how much do you still do on your entrepreneur on your side gig i mean is it a good portion of what you of what you do yeah it, it still is and then uh uh, it still is, and then I'm kind of like um, a few few years away from retirement. So I retired from one department, took a job at another department in a warmer climate, and you know I'm still doing my thing. And then I've also decided to start day trading. So you know that's going to kind of like hopefully be my thing. I'm um, kind of moseying into into retirement, 
where I'll kind of have my uh, security gig and I'll have my day trading and I'll probably try some other stuff along the way too. Um, but uh, that's, that's really, you know, it's, and it's just a matter of juggling. You just have to, you have to schedule your time and you have to have good people. Yeah. I have a field supervisor that handles the day to day, you know, basically it's, it's, you know, I talk to her and that's it. Yeah. You know, and I tell her and then I have people go out to visit the guards to, and, and the guards know that, you know, the person that they're talking to has a direct contact. Now, they could call me at any time. They ha- every guard has my number. Every protective agent has my number. They could call me at any time for anything, any questions, whatever, you know, and they do. But they but they also know that there's a there's an arm of my business that goes out to make sure that 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 they are getting what they need. And that's huge, too. That's huge. Yeah, I think that personal connection is is a big thing that people are people are missing. Uh, you, you've got to have that Agreed. personal connection uh, with people. Now, you talked about your Three Cops Talk podcast, and mm-hmm. I'm interested. For, you know, I, I guess from both an entrepreneur side of things, but also just from you know the the way that you guys are running the show. I personally think that uh, again for entrepreneurs, I think that podcasting. Uh, especially being a guest on another show. I mean, there's, there's a lot. I do both. You know, I guest on shows and I, I host my right. show. But I think that is probably one of the best ways to get people to your audience, to get people to to your brand, to your tribe, is from being on podcasts. How long have you been doing uh, doing your podcast? It's going to be going on just about, man, is it two years now? I'm coming up on about a year and a half, two years. Like we're, we're almost at our hundredth show. Wow, that's fantastic. Yeah, yeah. That and, and, but like that. So and you know, like, like now, I, I my podcast isn't monetized or 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 anything yet. Right. But it's just you know, I started during COVID. There's two million podcasts out there, two million podcast names. However, you know, many are actually active. I don't, I don't even know. Yeah. But it's just something that, you know, I just know that this is a good product and I just keep trying different things. Like now I'm, I'm doing, I'm trying to appear as more guests, you know, going to probably do some advertising, you know, that kind of stuff, um, to get the, to, to get the, the word out there to more people. Yeah. And that's, so I talked to some of my clients about, you know, podcasting and doing a podcast and, you know, being on a podcast and it's, it's not always about the monetizing of a podcast. Right. It's about getting out there. It's about meeting the people. It's to me, having a podcast is almost like having insurance in a way. It's it's a long term investment. It's sure. it's not a, it's not a day trade. Right. <laughs> you know this right, is the, right right yeah right. this is the long term investment where you're putting out to the to the world. You're putting out to the communities uh, this information, and I, and I think that the payback is there, absolutely there. But I think it's more longer term. Uh, you know, you've got those guys that are out making a lot of money, you know, monetizing right. their shows. But but I think there's other reasons why people want to do uh, do podcasts and, and, and be on podcasts. But yeah. Yeah, no. Yeah, I think I agree. I think that for me, it, it, it would be great if they did, if, if, if it did monetize and, and got bigger and, and, you know, myself and my co-host could make some sort of a living off it. But ultimately... You know, we did this thing as a um, as a passion project. Yeah. Because we just saw people being killed, policemen being killed, civilians being killed, people losing property, people losing loved ones, and um, we just thought it. You know, wait, we got to get this. You know, we we have to get this out there, and, and it's a passion project. Um, you know, we get to talk an hour. You know, a, a week as friends. You know, a lot of people don't even do that anymore. We get to see each other on you know Riverside and talk and everything, and you know we you know. The first 45 minutes, you know, we always just start, you know, talking and talking. And then, 
you know, we have some banter, we get in the show, but it, for us, it, it's just a, it's a passion project to get the world, just to make the world a better place, because that's ultimately what we want to do. So everyone that's listening, I, you know, go and listen to his podcast, Three Cops uh, Talk Podcast. I've listened to a few episodes and I'm, I thoroughly enjoyed, enjoyed the episodes. I mean, they're, and I'm not, you know, I'm, again, I'm not an officer. It's not really what it's, uh, what it's about, but there's things that I learned that, uh, uh, so I think it's a great, a great podcast yeah. and congratulations on doing that. Yeah, no, I mean, like I said, you know, you listen to some of those podcasts I and mean, we had guys that did time in, 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 in jail for murder and they came out and now, you know, they're, they're, they turned, they turned a whole life around and, you know, one of the guys mentioned, he goes, never in my life would I be thinking I'd be sitting in a room with three <laughs> policemen, you know, trying, trying to make a world a better place, you know? Um, so it's, uh, it's, it's really, you know, we try and get both sides of the coin in there. Oh, Chris, well, thank you so much for coming on. And, and again, everyone listening, there's going to be uh, links in the show notes, uh, for the three cops talk podcast. And I can't wait to go back and listen to a few more of those. Cause I, I I'm, I'm very intrigued in that stuff. And it's like, and, and just like anybody else, I've, I've got opinions on that, that, uh, that I need to learn are not always right. They're <laughs> right. Know, you know, right. I, you know I've, I've got bad opinions too. And it's, it's, you know, again, listening to, you know, people like you that, that do these things. So one, I, I, I want to say thank you for doing what you do because My again, I think it's one of the, toughest things to be able to do it's you're, you're not in a good position every day and that's right. just that's you know that's the way it is so thank you for doing that and thank you for taking the time to be on the podcast i really appreciate that are you that. kidding me thank you so much for having me sean i really really appreciate it it's been such a it's been such an honor and i really thank you for taking the opportunity to let me on so i could spread the word to make the world a little bit of a better place for everybody oh yes thank you so much thank you